Hashtag SAFMBTH. 25 minutes after 3 o'clock in conversation next with Oscar van Yerden, Senior Research Fellow uh, for the Center of African Diplomacy and Leadership at the University of Johannesburg. So the Russia-Ukraine war is ongoing, is an ongoing international conflict between Russia and Ukraine, which began in um, February 2014, following Ukraine's revolution of dignity. Russia annexed Crimea from Ukraine and uh, supported the pro-Russian separatist fighting in Ukrainian military in the Donbas war. Ukraine has now started to rebuild towns and cities even as the war rages on. We speak to Oscar van Yerden next. Good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Good afternoon, Albert, and good afternoon to the listeners. What do you make, and, and I'm a bit torn on this on this particular question as well, because on one end, um, yes, the war is still going on, but on the other end as well, life is also still going on. So how do you normalize the way that Ukrainians live without rebuilding uh, some of the towns that have been um, that have been destroyed? While on the other end as well, the war still continues. Yeah, it's a, it's a very strange thing, Albert. You know, the truth of the matter is that uh, uh, various Ukrainian officials, when you interact with them, with the ambassador of Ukraine here in South Africa, um, they purport that they are making steady gains against the Russians. Um, and I suspect that this rebuilding in wartime is an extension of that um, psychosis, that uh, life must continue. We are not really uh, losing against Russia, and uh, we can't afford for uh, more Ukrainians to leave the country when, when in fact, uh, normally, you would want the war to come to an end in some form or shape, some kind of peace talks or or an end to be declared. And when hostilities have uh, ceased, then you can talk uh, of reconstruction and rebuilding and so forth. So uh, for me, you know, it, it it makes no sense to have a situation where people are fixing roads and fixing towns when, in fact, Russia is still actively bombing. And and what should we read into that? Um, and and I'm asking this on the also on the basis of a there was a billionaire businessman who was doing an interview, an American businessman, uh, Bill Ackman, and he was speaking about his support, of course, um, for Ukraine. But what I found interesting there as well is the element of business. Um, so when a war happens, short towns and cities and so forth would need to be rebuilt. The infrastructure needs to be restored. Um, could this be seen as business actually trying to make money in the meantime while the war is still continuing under the guise of we are rebuilding? Yes, you know, unfortunately, one of the key elements of war is that lots and lots of people get rich. Um, notably, obviously, those involved in the military-industrial complex, so those that produce ammunition, weapons, and so forth. But there's also another element, as you rightfully point out, which is that where things get destroyed, buildings, schools, comp- apartment blocks, etc., that needs to be rebuilt. So construction companies, property uh, companies and moguls, uh, etc., are all standing in a queue to want to now rebuild. And as you know, um, if the question comes up, where does all the money come from? Because we know Ukraine has got serious financial problems. Um, there's talk in certain quarters 
of the seized frozen foreign assets, foreign reserves of Russia, amounting to about 300 billion US dollars, that that should be used, illegally so, to rebuild uh, Ukraine. And, and then should we understand what Valdemar Zelensky was calling for at Davos in that particular light, um, saying that um, states that have frozen um, uh, Moscow's assets must actually hand over the money to the Ukraine government? Absolutely, which is, as you know, against international law. Um, there is a serious debate raging in the European Union. There are those that obviously support Ukraine, but are saying that we cannot do this. You cannot illegally steal the money from Russia um, and reallocate it. It would set an extremely bad precedent. President Putin has already indicated that he wants that money back. Um, because what does it say when you talk about uh, other conflicts that have happened, uh, that the United States, for example, spearheaded in Iraq, Iran, uh, Iran uh, Libya, Syria, and so forth. So it will be a very, very dangerous precedent that is going to be set. I suspect in the end of, at the end of the day that money is not going to be given to Zelensky um, because if so, then it is a tantamount to declaring war on Russia uh, of those countries where assets have been frozen. I just need you to quickly just expand a little bit on this, um, Oscar, that is on the military-industrial complex and also just looking at what's happening in Israel currently and Joe Biden saying that it's okay that we will go ahead and we will sell arms um, to Israel, but of course the arms are not being given to Israel in exchange for cash right now. It's debt. Yes, indeed. So so it's, it's given, it's given on, on, on the basis of aid, uh, military aid, as well as uh, the ball can be settled later. Remember, the United States uh, every year, in fact, give huge uh, amounts of aid to Israel. And that aid is not only in the form of cash, um, it's in the form of military equipment, ammunition, and so forth as well. And so Biden is just simply extending that. Um, saying we, we give Israel every year, and uh, since they are now in an active conflict, in an active war, according to the Israelis, um, we are giving them uh, part of those aid packages, which is military equipment and so forth. And of course, this is what Congress is actually uh, having issue with or taking issue with. You know, a number of those consignments, Biden did so without um, taking it to the relevant structures within Congress. Uh, and uh, the U.S. administration. Thank you so much for your time. Oscar van Yerden there um, joining us from UJ.